The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small-batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Gangier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Navy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havey. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters, Otto, John C., Helen, and Herrick. What do you say, Rick? Hey, good morning, Pete. How you doing? You're in Arizona, it looks like. Yes, I am. I'm from my, uh, my western studio. <laughs> I'm in Sioux Sun City, Sioux Sun City, California. Oh, you're in California. Very good. So we're both west here today. Yeah, no rain for us, I guess. Uh, no, uh, no rain Joe has. Either. <laughs> I'm, I'm in favor of that. Oh, sorry. What, what do you got on your list? Good question. Well, I have to feel. Uh, I think we ought to talk about uh, the uh, upcoming caucus uh, meeting. Uh, yeah. The seven, uh, and, you know, and, and really the purpose of the caucus in the first place. Uh, you know, if it's just a democratic uh, institution, those we're just trying to get people out and see how they vote, um, it's duplicative of the general election. That's what the election's there for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if it's supposed to be, um, uh, that we select people to vet candidates uh, and uh, uh, and try to uh, uh, and try to clear uh, better candidates, then it's not a democratic institution. It's not there to be a democratic institution. It's there to vet candidates. Yeah, we are the. Good it's morning. an HR. It's an HR position. Hello, Joe. Yes. Good morning, Joe. How are you, hey guys? How are you? Very good, very good. Thank you. Um, it, you know, it, it actually, people just asked, but the important question is: okay, if you're, if you have a table, let's say that you had a table, okay, uh, and your wife said, "I don't like that table. I want a different table," and you said, "Well, but I like this table. This table is fine." Uh, and the next thing you knew, uh, you, you, you know, there's a knock on the door, and somebody's delivering a new table uh, and taking away your, your table. Um, you know, would, would that be a good thing or a bad thing in your view? Are, are we talking about the Caucus Preservation Act? Uh, no, we're talking about my table. That, uh, oh, your table. <laughs> table Preservation Act. Table <laughs> Preservation Act. My table Excuse me. I'm sorry. Out. I'm really, you know, I'm really I like late to the party here. Talk. I apologize. 
I like the table fine. Okay, now, now we can get to the now we can table. Well, I think the I think uh, the the caucus is trying to table some really bad behavior that happened earlier this year. Um, I, do you really call it bad behavior? Well, it certainly uh, it well maybe bad behavior is is too strong a phrase, but um, it certainly led to a lot of uh, uh, craziness in a city that. Um, at the end of the day, the city got it right. The people of Lake Forest got it right. But, you know, how much half a million dollars had to be spent between both sides on this? And there Nearly were all 400 grand rounding. I mean, I think that there are still a lot of hard feelings uh, over the election. Yeah. The, you know, it's not so much the half a million dollars that people want to spend uh, their money on politics as opposed to buying a car or a table um, that. Uh, that's their right to do, uh, unless, of course, they tell the right they don't want to buy that table. Um, I mean, but I mean, elections but, elections have consequences. I've said that all along. Um, you know, in the, at the end of the day, the voters spoke pretty clearly uh, in April that they liked the way Lake Forest is being run. They wanted Randy Tech to be the mayor, not Prue Beidler. Uh So, but. Um, you know, she she continues to interject herself into the conversation, both with her op ed and and uh, uh, her recent appearance on the uh, on the, the NPR Lake Forest podcast. Uh, so, not, and but not on this podcast. She's welcome to come on this podcast. Uh, I've wrote <laughs> I wrote her an email, and Pete has, has reached out to her. Let it no, go. I mean. If she I let it go, but if she if she ever does, the door's open, bro, uh, or anyone else in that group. But basically, uh, let's talk about the caucus it's preservation. Now. It's a Zoom. What's our, that? Zoom is, our Zoom is always open. Our Zoom is always open. Pete, where are you? Uh, I am in uh, the land of Nancy Pelosi. Oh, sorry, Sioux Sun <laughs> City. <laughs> you doing research into the homeless? Don't touch am, those wires uh, that were right behind you there a minute ago. My gosh. I, I think that's a, like a mast <laughs> or something. It, is a, it's a, it looks like a mast. Of some kind. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought they were electrical wires. I was a little worried Pete might fry no. himself. <laughs> I'm, I'm at a yacht club. Oh, fancy dance to you. In, in Sioux Sun yeah. City, but it is like the only conservative yacht club in the whole state of California, I believe. What's Even happening in California is very sad, considering Ronald Reagan was once the governor of that state. Well, he was a Democrat, too. Schwarzenegger, too. Don't forget. Yes, he started as a Democrat, but he switched pretty early in his... Uh, as, as, as he said, he didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left him. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, so but you, back, you, back to the Caucus Preservation Act. Yeah, can you I'm summarize what, what happened? Yeah, so the caucus, I think, has been very... Um, I hate using that word transparent because it gets used a lot and abused a lot. But I think the caucus has been very transparent in um, what their process is. They sent up, they sent out an email to everybody on their email list. They've posted it on their website. So I urge everyone to go there. Um, and then there's going to be a vote at their annual meeting on November 7th at the Gorton Center. 
Um, it's not, and I believe it's the time range is what, Rick? Uh, you said it earlier on the text. Uh, to me. Um, four until eight thirty p.m. So yeah, so it's not a like an hour meeting where you have to be there right there. I think people can come in and vote and leave at their convenience. So that's a pretty good window for any any registered voter. Uh, living in Lake Forest to show up. Um, there is no absentee voting. I ask since my son is away at college, uh, but is still a registered voter here in Lake Forest. But nope, you got to show up to vote on this one. So, yeah. um, but point being is, um, you know, we're having both the Republican Party and the Democratic Party have their primaries, right? And they they select their nominees for various offices as president, governor, U.S. senator. You don't then get, after those groups hold their primaries, those parties hold their primaries, you don't get a crowd uh, to come in and say, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to nominate Joe Biden, or we're not going to nominate Donald Trump, or we're not going to nominate J.B. Pritzker or Bruce Round or whoever the nominee is of, of whatever party for whatever office. Um, you don't get to do that. And, and the same, I think, applies here. There is a process. And the caucus is the most open. I, I've lived in like four or five towns in my life. The caucus is the most open uh, municipal governing process I've ever seen in any community that I've lived in. Um, anyone can, everyone is a member of the caucus. All you have to do is raise your hand. And as long, unless you're going to have a destructive agenda, um, you're in. You can volunteer. There's plenty of places for you to volunteer, uh, whether it's a board, a commission, being on the caucus. I mean, that, that is a thankless job, being the caucus president or a member of the caucus, trying to fill all the open positions they have. So um, you can be part of this process. And, and Prue Beidler, for many years, was part of this process. So she should know better than anyone else what that process is. I don't think um, she was ever part of the uh, caucus, though. No, she was not part of the caucus, but she was an alderman, she, and she got and picked by the caucus. She was, yeah, but she was on. She was on what with the cemetery commission and and stuff like that. And she was very. She was all pro caucus until the caucus wouldn't slate her three times. So um, you know, um, and well, I, and that whole route, that whole uh, we've talked about this before. That whole line about that it's not it, that the caucus wasn't slating women, and and that's what prompted her to do what she did. We've we've debunked that both with her support for Rod Blagojevich over Judy Bartopinka, but more importantly, with the, the fact is there are women being uh, part of the caucus, and I'm fully confident that one day there will be a woman mayor of Lake Forest, well, but it won't be, but it, it'll be the best candidate of the people applying. And let, let's, I, go, let's go over, yeah. but Joe, let's go over the issue. The, the issue yeah. was they, they, they put a loophole in there so people could vote. And nobody can give us a straight answer why they did it. So what, whatever the reason was, now that's closed. The second thing that I well, heard it, is... It'll be closed the if the two-thirds... That's what the vote is for on November 7, is right. whether or not to close that uh, that uh, loophole. You call it a loophole. I mean, the, to me, the question is, what is the purpose of the caucus? If the purpose of the caucus uh, is to hold a pre-vote, in, in, in essence, like a primary uh, then there makes perfect sense to have that vote. But if the purpose of the caucus is to vet candidates uh, and to then have recommended candidates by a uh, by a particular group, uh, which I think is the purpose of the caucus, then the having the vote uh, of whoever shows up for the for the meeting uh, that day and having that 
be the caucus endorsement um, makes no sense at all. I mean, if the purpose is to have them vetted and have the uh, have them go through this process uh, and then have recommendations by the caucus board, the 43 member or whatever it is, uh, caucus board, uh, then, the, you know, then the caucus is serving a purpose. But if the purpose of the caucus is simply we're going to have this town meeting, regardless of all the work that these people put in, regardless of all the vetting that they do, we're going to have this town meeting in effect. Uh, and just whoever shows up that night, 1% of the voters, uh, whoever they endorse, then becomes the caucus candidate. Uh, that's a very different purpose for the caucus. And so I think this is an existential vote for the caucus. What is its purpose? Is it to have this primary uh, that, uh, that, in effect, uh, by having a town meeting? Or is it to have uh, a committee of 43 make recommendations to the voters in general uh, over whether or not this candidate is better than that candidate? Uh, and I think that is the purpose of the caucus. Um, we'll find out how people vote on November 7 as to whether they want to have this, the caucus be a democratic institution where whoever shows up for the meeting uh, gets to uh, uh, decide who the caucus candidate are, or if it should be uh, the board of 43 who go through and uh, and spend time and effort interviewing the candidates and making recommendation. That's what we're going to find out. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they basically want to govern by by playing the pack the place game by mob rule. Right. That's and, and it's it's no different than right. I hate to use this analogy because it's not it's not exactly the same, but it's no different than the people storming the Capitol on January sixth, twenty twenty one. I mean, they didn't like the results, so they thought they could just storm in and, and, and change them. That's not how this works. Everyone gets to vote for their caucus members, all right? You get you get a little postcard, you select who's on the caucus. And, and like I said a minute ago, like, hell, you can volunteer to be on the caucus. They're, they're looking for people to, to put in the time and the work. So this is, a, like I said, most open process I've ever seen of any community. Well, right, <laughs> but they, but when they follow that process, and then they decide these are our candidates. Okay, you don't get to then say, "Hey, let's storm the building," and 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 uh, like they did with uh, that vote at, at the Gorton Center before the election, and and make a uh, make a show out of it, and and the caucus rightly kept randy tack as the candidate, and like I said, when it was all said and done, the voters spoke loud and clear. Now, if you don't like that. You're welcome to run. Crew is welcome to file as an independent candidate yes. and and spend two hundred thousand uh, dollars. But at the end of the day, the voters the, and hire all these uh, 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 Democratic Party political consultants to to claim you're run and then claim you're running a nonpartisan campaign. Um, but the point being here is there there is a process. It has worked for like what ninety years or whatever in this community, and it'll continue to work. And I think they've realized that this loophole was only put in recently. Um, some have argued that it, that it was planted um, to 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 stage this coup or whatever that the the proof the proof uh, coup um, that they were trying to do. Um, so now they're going to correct that and and put it back to the process that it really should have been and probably was. Uh, for all these years, I, I don't know. I, I don't go back that far, um, and I <laughs> want to say 
what as to whether they had a. In fact, this is supposed to be a confirming vote. The 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 at least the goal was uh, that the take group of forty three uh, would make a recommendation, and then the uh, uh, caucus members attending the annual meeting would confirm that. Uh, nobody ever thought that. Oh, okay, what would happen if you actually sent in a, a bunch of people uh, who showed up uh, and voted and and uh, declined to endorse that vote? Um, I, I don't know how long that's really been a part of the caucus, um, but it certainly doesn't seem to be consistent with having the forty-three people go through the whole process, uh, vet the candidates, make a recommendation. Um, and then whoever just shows up at the town meeting uh, gets to toss that aside and, uh, and, and pick their own candidate. Uh, that seems to be uh, inconsistent with the purpose of the caucus, at least to me. Uh, so I, you know, I, I will show up and I will vote in favor of the Caucus Preservation Act um, uh, on November 7th, assuming that the airline lets me get in at that time. <laughs> Are you flying in that day? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm flying in uh, that day uh, along with the grandkids. This will be a little trip. <laughs> Nothing like with a, a two and a three year old uh, on, on an yeah. airplane. I may not be the most popular person on the airplane that day, <laughs> but you'll see. Uh, you know, they, they may hey, be hey boys. Hey boys, themselves too. Uh, or the caucus voters may say, uh, no, I want to be able to just show up uh, and pick the candidate. Oh. The uh, Boys, can, uh, we, can, we, can we touch on the other thing that they're going to address is that the public's no longer going to be part of voting for the executive board. Do you see that, Joe? Let me read. That's why I wore my glasses today, so I could read uh, uh, the, uh, the stuff here. Uh, after a three-quarters vote, the proposed bylaw amendments can be found here. So let me, man, I really do need my glasses. <laughs> um, <laughs> election, election, caucus calendar, caucus membership, executive committee, the caucus committee shall be governed by executive committee, the executive committee. Hey, why are you reading that, Joe? The problem that I had back when I was doing it was that there, the, I think the problem that people have is they feel like they have no choice because when you go in and you vote, you're not really voting, you're affirming. Right. You're yeah, it says okay. introduce, you're, you're correct, Pete, in, in line five, in, in section 3.02, line five, they change elect the officers at the spring meeting to introduce the officers. Well, remember, they tried to play, they, they, they tried to have a, uh, an encore presentation of their coup meeting that second time, and the caucus was not going to be caught sleeping again, so they were prepared uh, this time, and the vote was pretty overwhelming uh, to elect the officers. Nonetheless, I think they want to avoid that. And again, it, it's the the work here, the, the the involvement here is still there for any citizen in Lake Forest. You get to help elect your caucus members. You each ward has a certain number of caucus members. And they're elected. You get mailed a ballot to your house. I got it. My wife got it. My son got it. Um, and we all voted um, uh, for our officers um, who, who then get to do it. That's no different than you elect members of Congress who then uh, 
pass and a president, or you elect members of the state legislature and a governor, you elect no, members Joe, of the city council you, and mayor. You, you vote you vote for a president, but it Joe by uh what's her AOC doesn't automatic AOC doesn't automatically become president after Joe Biden's term is done, right? Uh no, thank goodness. That's uh, what's, but... <laughs> that's, what, that's that's what's going on with the caucus. So well, see, I, I see it this way. What they're trying to avoid is these crazy coup attempts at meetings where we just play pack the place. Instead, let's follow a structured process where people elect their caucus members and then you the caucus members make these decisions. Now you're free then at the at the April election or the uh, March election when it's an aldermanic election in a in an even numbered year, you're free to vote against that by voting for an independent candidate should they choose to run. Peru chose to run, as did Paul Hammond, um, as independent candidates. The well, voters they're... weighed in on that. Um, they they weighed in pretty loud and clear that uh, that they they liked the system that they have and they, they felt very strongly. Maybe in other cities, you know, Chicago voted their mayor out. They voted Lori Lightfoot out because they're not happy with how the city was being run. At the end of the day, this is and let's 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 it not forget let's not forget guys that what's this all about this is all about the end game the end product is having a city government that people like and a city that people like to live in and over and over again when the voters get that say they said we love lake forest we love how our city government's being run don't change it okay yeah. and people people if people don't it, Look, I'm a minority being a Republican in Illinois. I'm not happy with how the state of Illinois is run, okay? And I vote I vote accordingly when it's time to vote. But I don't get to then storm Springfield and, and try and stop a meeting of the General Assembly and, and tell them they can't pass uh, a tax increase that I don't like, okay? That's not how this works. Um, same thing here. The, the, you follow the process. I vote for my state representative. I vote for my state senator. Um I don't like how either of them vote most of the time, but I don't get to storm the Capitol because I because of that. I I I, I <laughs> the uh, comparison of Brew Beidler and, and her supporters to the January sixth rebellion group. I, I don't think that's really a good analogy. But <laughs> just well, just, they're on political opposite. Yeah, but I you know, she's invoking <laughs> in that interview she gave. Um, one of the takeaways, one of the throwaway lines in there was she said, my husband and I take democracy very seriously. You said that in there. OK, well, you, lo- you got 40 percent of the vote. You lost. Right. <laughs> that's democracy. so that's democracy, bro. Um, And again, this whole thing was based on what I consider a lie um, that the caucus doesn't want women to to be in city government. That's well, not marketing. It's not a lie. It's marketing. If, if you, because they've said we'll we'll slate a woman if 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 she is the best candidate. Look, I'm supporting Nikki Haley for president because I feel she's the best candidate. Is Prue going to support Nikki Haley simply because she's a woman? I doubt it because I think she had disagrees with Nikki Haley on public policy issues, which is fine. All right. So let's call it let's call it for what it is. Okay. The caucus slated who they felt was the best candidate. It happened to be a man. Okay, but one day I'm very confident the best candidate that goes before the caucus will be a woman and she will be mayor of Lake Forest. Randy, by the way, is in his first term now. 
Uh, he can run for one more term. Is that correct? If I'm correct, there is a term limit. Four? Yeah, four oh. years for mayor, six years for alderman. Two terms, but four, a total of four years. Yeah, I mean, she can generally, I don't know. Again, I'm not the historian. I wish there was, there's not even a wiki. I wish somebody could do like at least a Wikipedia page with the history of mayors of Lake Forest. I can't find anywhere online that there's a list of all the mayors. Now they got all the pictures up in the council chambers, but maybe there's somebody much smarter than me on the history of Lake Forest that can sit and do a web page or a Wikipedia page of of the, all the mayors and their lengths of term and stuff like that. But but point my point is that um you know generally speaking, I'm told that once a mayor is in, they are generally not opposed midterm for that second one. I've never but they're well, no, free to they, run again? They, hold on. They still have to go in in front of the caucus. Yeah, absolutely. Interview. Absolutely. And, and the problem no, is it's not really an interview. It's a, it's a rubber stamp. So if the Preservation Act is defeated on November 7th, uh, we could have another meeting uh, of the general meeting of the caucus uh, at which the, uh, uh, the people who show up would vote against Randy Tack for re-election. That certainly would be possible then. Uh, I think that- Go through that circus I, again, with the end result being uh, probably the same, but again, wasting 200, 500, whatever thousand dollars you can add up the two campaigns and tearing apart the community. But like I said, anyone's free to run. That, that give, it to, that give it to the guy in- You can uh, still run. Paper in front it of uh, Park. So I, I'm in favor. I mean, like I said, I, I I think if there was a compelling reason to remove someone from the mayor's office or the council, the caucus would would do so accordingly. Like, let's say that guy that got I can't even remember his name now uh, that looked like Captain Obvious that got busted at Starbucks for allegedly Terry Mealy. Uh, yeah. Let's say he said, "Screw you, I'm not resigning," and let's say he was up for re-election. I I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty certain the caucus would say, "You know what? We're not you. We're not slating you again, sir." Yeah. So um, yeah. uh, I, I think that there is, you know, Randy Tech's doing a very good job as mayor. There's no reason not to slate him again. Uh, so I, I think they're doing, again, this is all a circus. This is all a publicity stunt um, by uh, by Prue and, and her supporters. I, I and she, said, she said she's not running for mayor again. I, I'll, I'll take her at face value. If she does, we've got it on yeah, tape. Yeah, she's running for senator. <laughs> Um, I don't think it's, but I don't she, think it's but the point is, I mean, guys, what's the end game? What's the end game? Is something wrong with Lake Forest? Is there something you would do differently as mayor uh, than what Randy's doing? Um, is there a public? Again, this is all not about personalities. This is about public policy. What public policy is it that you don't like that you would be, do differently if you did get into that mayor's chair? Artificial turf forever plastic. Crew came out in favor. Crew came out in favor of the artificial turf. So people no, were, people were perfectly entitled. I think a lot of people came out because they were concerned about the railroad issue, uh, right or wrong. I mean, whether they were yeah, no, it, fair. That fair. Was, it, mean, was, it wasn't an issue though because they were concerned about particular issues. They were concerned about lock the box, and people were concerned about the railroad issue. Uh, and wh whether they were right or wrong, they had the they did have and still do at the moment have the right to show up at the annual right. meeting. And those are those are so legitimate points of public candidate. policy discussion. Well, even we, though, again, that's I, why I, I, this 
vote is important on November 7th is because we want to remove uh, the that backdoor method uh, of taking over the caucus uh, by packing the um, uh, the annual meeting. Uh, and yeah, I, I think we should do that. Uh, the, you know, the, using the annual meeting as a device uh, to allow a minority group uh, to uh, uh, to take over the caucus uh, was a bad idea. Uh, and this vote on November 7th will give us an opportunity to remove that bad idea. Um, Speaking of bad ideas, can we go on to, can we go on to the... I don't think people we, were, uh, were, were January 6th uh, uh, coup uh, uh, endorsers uh, in, simply because they came out uh, and did not like some of the uh, policies that the city was pursuing, in particular the railroad and the block the, and the box issue. Uh, had every right in the world to come out and do it. But I think Jan January six was an opportunist. This that coup thing was just an opportunity that they tried to take advantage of, and it didn't work. The second thing on the list, bad ideas. I'm I keep getting emails and notes that the uh, 106 million is going to be more than 106 million, and our real estate taxes are going to get hit even worse because of what the school is trying to do and the way they accept that money. Has anybody heard anything on that? I've not heard the specifics like you're talking about in the numbers, but um, <clears throat> the way it works well, with the tax. Oh, here, let me finish. W the way it works with the tax cap law is once a once the citizens uh, vote to suspend the tax cap, which is essentially what happened uh, with that vote that passed by what 150 votes, um, the board is unlimited in what it can raise in taxes after that because. Way back in the in the in the Stone Ages of the 1990s, I believe it was Governor Edgar signed a law that said you can't raise property taxes more than the uh, the consumer price. What's well, the consumer price index? Or three percent, whichever. Or, or or was it three or five? I can't remember the exact number. I but it was three, but I could be mistaken. Yeah. But there, he he. But but it only unless there's a referendum. But there is case law since that since the, Edgar signed that bill that says once a referendum is passed, that cap is gone forever. So that means um, that that the the school board and future school boards, if they want, they could do a twenty percent tax hike because they're not governed by the the tax cap legislation anymore because of that because of that referendum. All right, here we got to get more information on it. But in a nutshell. They're going to ask for a lump sum payment of that money. I don't know anything about bonds. Okay. All I know is that uh, if you're old and you need to keep your money, you put them in bonds. That's all I know. If they elect to take all this money in at once, they're going to collect the interest to increase their budget. And in doing so, that will increase the cost of, of the bonds. And that will get passed on to us. That's what I heard. So yeah, it's a shady way of doing business, but elections have consequences. And by voting for that referendum, uh, okay. it gives the school board carte blanche to do whatever they want. All right. So consequences are our, our, our buddy, Matt Montgomery, who I don't know, I'm like a pit bull on his ankle. Do you see that uh, lovely uh, article and a news release that, that came out uh, 
with that teacher that got dismissed allegedly. Well, I, oh, I wouldn't don't... call it lovely. Yeah. Lovely is uh, any it's anything but lovely. Yeah, even yeah, the, you're, uh, you're the, picking the drama... up my sarcasm. Yeah, yeah, I... oh, <laughs> the yeah. drama teacher. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely horrible behavior, uh, unacceptable behavior by this oh, teacher God. back. But this was like this. I'm told this teacher stopped teaching there in 2008. Is that does that sound right to you guys? It, it was a, the the problem that I hear, and please jump in, is it's not so much what that teacher. Obviously, what he did was horrible, allegedly, but there's things that have been happening where I saw a quote that Montgomery says, or the court ruling or statement, whatever it is, I'm going to get it wrong, is that the school doesn't owe any duty to keep the kids safe or something like that. And then they uh, pointed to that safe room at the high school, the LBGQ212 room, uh, and they acknowledge that they have that. So they're kind of in a little pickle there. Has anybody heard anything like that or different? Well, I think that's obviously that's been an issue for going on for a while now. Uh, the problem being uh, that the school board uh, had uh, taken the position in court that they had no duty to protect the children from pedophile teachers, which is a reprehensible <laughs> position to take. Oh my! Okay, oh my. so so I got that right, Rick. Right? That's what That's it good. said. It was, yeah, and, and the court the court found that no, they, they did have they did have a duty. Uh, what's oh, the yeah, really? I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's the strategy on that, Rick? Uh, this... Right now, I mean, there's still you know it's still in court uh, currently. Uh, uh, I, I do not understand, and I've never understood, why uh, some school boards uh, seem to feel that uh, it's more important to protect their institution than it is to protect the students in their institution. Uh, it's really a reprehensible view. Um, I would hope that the school board uh, will receive this as a nice wake-up call uh, to say, yeah, we, we do have a duty to protect our students uh, from. Is is the issue that they're trying to prevent a financial judgment against the district? Yeah, that's what that's what this is all about. Yes. So let me split hairs here, and, and yes, let me split hairs on this. Uh, and again, I'll probably make enemies of everybody on this, like I usually do. But um, what happened? What happened was wrong. Okay, and anyone remotely involved in in that guy's behavior when it happened should be fired. If they're still there, um, fire them, okay? Anybody that, that that looked the other way when this was going on, right? Um, and and it, they, should put, they should put policies into place that prevent this from ever happening again. Um, but, but is it fair? We just spent a few minutes, we just spent a few minutes talking about the cost of this tax, this bond sale referendum and, and how much our taxes are gonna go up. Is it fair to us to you and me, the taxpayers of Lake Forest School District, to pay money for this evil man's behavior 15 years ago? I don't think so. I don't think today's taxpayers and today's students to be deprived of funds because of the awful behavior of someone 15 years ago. All right. So let so if if the if the sole thing here is to prevent this, the current school district from having to pay out money. I understand that. But at the same time, 
there should be an agreement that we're going to put these procedures into place so that this never happens again. And like I said, if there's anybody still left working for the district that was remotely involved in condoning or looking the other way on this on that guy's behavior, they should be fired and they should be the ones sued. They put, right? not not me, the taxpayer. I have nothing to do with it. They put procedures. Why am I being punished? They put procedures in effect many years ago, uh, including mandatory reporters, uh, including having uh, school administrators were required to report instances of student uh, of uh, sexual abuse of students. Uh, it didn't happen. Uh, the, the so they should they should be sued, or their estate should be sued, and they did not prosecute these people. Uh, the, well, then they should be sued. Oh, wait, I was currently living in, uh, in Austin, Texas, uh, on a, a very nice pension from the uh, people of the state of. Uh, of well, Georgia. he should lose that pension. He should pay it. He should be forced to pay every penny of that pension who, back, and he who, should be sued for everything he owns. Who owns responsibility for that quote, though? That that summarization of that we, we don't have a duty duty to probably pay a really bad lawyer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm uh, no, I, but I mean, is that Montgomery? Is that the school board? Because that's well, at the end of the day, if you're the superintendent, you're responsible for anything that comes out of the district. Yes. But um, I'm going to guess it was an attorney. I would like to see uh, what the source of that was. The, uh, the it, what I from what I saw of it, it was from the court. That is, the judge in making the ruling said that it was describing the school board's argument before the court. Uh, I have gone back to actually see what, uh, the, in terms of the motion or their response to the motion. Uh, who, 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 takes argue, who takes responsibility for that argument? Well, usually, the court, usually the court describes these pretty accurately. If the court says that was the argument, then that was the argument. And the argument was that they owed no duty to protect the, the students. Who, who owns that? Montgomery, the school board? That's got to stick to somebody. That should be on the school board, and should be on the, the, current, school, the, on the, school the current school board. Correct. Current school board, yes. And well, Matt Montgomery. Ten years ago, didn't uh, make the argument. No, the current school. Board. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so that sticks to these guys right now. They're saying so. If I go out there and quote unquote, Pete Jansen says that this school board and and the superintendent are stating publicly that they do not have a duty to protect their students. Is that a fair statement? Uh, that's, I think that's, that's from what I saw of the court's ruling. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. You no, know, I mean, there is a way, you know, I, I, I can't actually do it, uh, uh, but it would require using a computer, uh, to actually look up what the school board's position, uh, yeah. was, uh, and that would probably be a better way of doing it okay. rather than relying on the court's, uh, uh, summary of the school okay. board. Well, the elected school board members are welcome to come on the podcast, and and uh, because as as Desi Arnaz said, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> no, nah, we got to we got to we got to play the FOIA game, guys, of, because that's the only way we're going to get stuff. But like I said, I still think though it's not it's not appropriate for the taxpayers to pay for the bad behavior of somebody fifteen years ago. I think the people who were people should be responsible themselves. Is that teacher still alive? You say he's still alive, living in Texas. Okay, and he. I hope they're. I hope they're suing him. I hope they're suing him. Time out. No, no. The superintendent at the time uh, is now retired, living in Texas. The teacher who was involved 
uh, whose name was on the uh, theater uh, building until quite recently. Uh, he is still around town. Uh, it, I hope he doesn't run into me. Yeah, he. <laughs> we, I saw him not that long ago uh, uh, in a uh, in the grocery store. He's he's still yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, all right. Well, I, like I said, unless unless we're missing part of this story, they should sue the hell out of him. He should lose his pension. Um, he should be in jail, as far as yeah. I'm concerned, based on what I'm hearing. And and anybody that enabled or protected him at the time, they mm. should be. And if they're still here, they should be fired and they should be held civilly responsible. But I, I don't know. think the taxpayers of Lake Forest and Lake Bluff should be blamed for this or be penalized for this or the current. Yeah, no, they are. They, no, bullcrap. They are. They do. Uh, there yeah. is blame to them because we, we started this out with talking about the caucus. So if you don't give a crap about the caucus, you come in, you got to interview these school board people. These are the ones that hire the superintendent, put everything together, and that you, you pay for it later. So if you don't give a crap, you eventually will. All yeah. right, Joe, can I can I go on to the, to the last thing? And uh, well, uh, actually, can I, can I throw? Go, one go, ahead, go ahead, Rick. Go ahead. Oh, I saw on Facebook uh, this morning a, a very reliable source uh, that uh, the vagrant was arrested. Um, in like, Christian. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's what they're talking about. Which uh, vagrant? We got a few of them around town. Current uh, current information on this than, than I saw just from uh, Facebook, but um, uh, it appeared you know, was arrested for resisting arrest, among other charges. And I'll get you arrested so, right there. And, and the usual he, he stole an electric scooter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. <laughs> All right, Joe. Can you uh, can you explain with the remaining of the show here, and keep it under five minutes? What the hell's going on in Israel? I'm serious. Like, what is going well, on? I'll, I, I will tell you. I I will tell you my answer to that. Uh, Israel and Saudi Arabia were getting very, very close to making peace, uh, to having a permanent uh, uh, peace agreement, uh, and recognize each other. Uh, and Hamas needed to throw a curveball uh, and prevent that. You mean Iran? That's yeah, Iran. Well, Iran, Hamas, the same, they're all the same people. Um, needed, but I mean, Hamas, two million people, three out. million people. And so they fought. They fought well, Hamas them. is the governing, is the elected governing party of the Palestinian territory. Okay. Yes. So. It, while I believe the vast majority of Palestinian people are peaceful people, they elected a terrorist organization to run their government. So um, no different than um, when the United States bombed German cities during World War II, Israel has every right to, in self-defense to attack um, Palestinian territory at this point because of what happened on Saturday where a thousand civilian over a thousand civilians were killed and in violation of all international law women children were abducted and taken as quote-unquote hostages uh to negotiate the release of terrorists okay that's that's a violation of every international law so they they always try to hide behind the un and, and yep. international law um bringing that here locally uh, because this is there's tons of talk about about what's going on in, in the Middle East on plenty of shows. But to bring that here locally, um, our congressman, Brad Schneider, and I, I don't believe Brad condones tor tor uh, terrorism, 
Uh, he's spent time in Israel on a kibbutz. When he first ran way, way back, he was against the Iran deal. OK, but then he sold his soul to the Democratic Party and he uh, he then came flip flopped on it and now supports the Iran deal. Uh, which essentially released $6 billion in aid under the guise of humanitarian relief to Iran, um, which then, yeah, they haven't received the actual money yet, and I hope there's a way to get it back. But it basically, the Iranian government, knowing they had the $6 billion on its way, that freed up resources that they've openly said, we support what Hamas has done on Saturday. We, we, we approve of it. So um, uh, it, it really poor judgment. You know, when we go back, we had a few shows ago, Mr. Severino said there was no difference between Mark Kirk or Bob Dold and, and, and uh, Brad Schneider. I beg to differ because Mark Kirk and Bob Dold from no, day one opposed the Iran agreement, continue to oppose the Iran agreement. And Mr. Schneider's Republican opponent next year, um, Jim Karras, who lives here in Lake Forest, also opposes the Iran agreement, thinks it's a horrible idea. And I wish, I, I, like I said, I, I don't think Brad condones terrorism. I, I never want to suggest that. Um, and he's been in Israel. I've never set foot in Israel. Um, but it was he sold his soul. He claims to be this bipartisan independent. Well, this proves he's anything but. He sold his soul to the Democratic Party on this issue. Um, and now the chickens are coming home to roost on. Can, can I get a bigger picture on this? Is it? Is it like Russia, Iran, Hamas screwing with us like we're screwing yes. with Ukraine? And Well, right? I think Iran, Iran needed to break up the peace process that was making very good progress between Israel and Saudi Arabia. Uh, that would have been a tremendous blow to their hopes of destroying the state of Israel. Uh, and the this timing uh, of this attack, uh, it was, I, I think, in order to break up that ongoing uh, process. Uh, and uh, utterly reprehensible. We're going to have to, you know, Israel's going to have to defend itself now. Um, and, you know, there's no... And they will. What do you do with the two million people in Gaza? I can't just push them easily into Egypt. Um, what, what, you know, what do you do with them? Yeah. And, you know, I, I keep hearing this thing about there's both sides, there's there's two ver two sides to this issue and the Palestinian people are being oppressed, which is nonsense. There's no no country has spent more on humanitarian relief for the Palestinian people than the Israeli government. The rest, most of the rest of the Arab world uses the Palestinians as pawns against Israel. So um, let's let's keep that in mind that, that Israel has done more for the Palestinian people than any other country in the, on the planet. Um, but there was this, there's people that want to take both sides and all that and and all this and and you know bringing it to me here. There's no other uh, you all you all know I'm a former former board of education member in Niles Township District 219, which was Skokie. I went to Niles North High School. I was extremely upset uh, to learn that um, there was a rally being held at Niles North. Uh, it called a peace demonstration. But it basically uh, went into this whole thing about things on both sides, and and there's, there isn't any one side that's a victim. Both sides are victims, and it even used the colors that Hamas uses in their propaganda. Um, and so I was so, so incensed. So I I wrote a letter to the Board of Education and published it on the patch. You're all welcome to read it. And I'll let you I, it but I was I was pissed off um, that 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 
the the Skokie that I grew up in, uh, the Skokie that I had neighbors that were Holocaust survivors. Okay, I saw the tattoos on their arms. Um, and uh, when I grew up there, the Holocaust Museum was in a little, that's now that big building by Old Orchard, there's a little tiny storefront on Main Street near my house. And you'd see most of the Holocaust survivors who are unfortunately deceased now, used to see them coming in and out all the time. That um, So uh, for, for uh, anyone in a position of authority at Niles North or District 219 or in Skokie to, 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 to equate uh, the terrorism against the innocent Israeli civilians that happened on Saturday with anything that the Israeli government has done with Palestinians, I was, I was disgusted uh, to see that. So why do I care, Joe? Why do you care? Because that could happen here. You know, I can remember a nine before nine eleven. It, it, it has happened here. Well, but I mean, think about this. These guys not only did they launch rockets. Okay, we're used to seeing rockets being launched into Israel. Okay, these guys went house. They, they parachuted into a music festival, killed kids at a music festival. They went into houses and and ripped people out of their houses, babies, children, tortured them, took their cell phones from them and loaded their Instagrams and, and, and videoed the torturing of them so all their friends could see that, okay? And, and if the houses were locked and they couldn't get in, they set them on fire so the people burned inside their houses. I mean, these, this, isn't, this isn't about civil rights. This isn't about economic justice. This is pure evil, all right? I get and, it, but why Because we didn't think 9-11 could happen here. We saw for years all the terrorism in Europe and the Middle East, and we thought, oh, that'll never happen in America. This could happen here. All right. Especially when we have one party that thinks it's okay to negotiate with Iran. You don't negotiate with terrorism. You know, gold in my ear, that quote she said, I, I we do not negotiate with people who are trying to kill us. All right. She this could they could slip, especially with all the border security issues we have. Like I said, the vast majority of people coming across the United States border are doing so for economic relief and to get away from a horrible life in other countries, all right? Just like all, every immigrant that came to the United States. Very, very last thing, but, Joe, on, but, on the border, the border. But, the border. But, but, but without any checks or balances at the border, Hamas can send people into this country, just like they snuck them into Israel through tunnels. There's tunnels under the U.S. border, too. Could sneak them in, and but you're going to start seeing people raiding. the crowd. You're, you're going to start well, seeing here. people raiding houses in, okay. in, in, in Skokie or Highland Park or okay, even the forest. Okay, let's connect the dots because the border must be an issue because the Chicago mayor went to Texas to see what's going on. I right? He's trying to protect himself because he's in trouble. Um, talk to me. What's is, is Susan yeah, Morris? Look, I, I think some of the tone that, that Donald Trump and, and some of his supporters used early on in the border debate was inappropriate okay bad, nonetheless bad, bad but, but but nonetheless nonetheless every other country in the world has a border and enforces the border some do it better than others but we that's seem what, to think that's what a border that is. any enforcement of bordering of border protection is yeah. racist and it's not yeah, okay you need to I'm have right. a system that enforces it you need to have controls so building the wall, despite all the rhetoric that Trump sometimes uses, which I do think is, is is not the best rhetoric for the Republican Party, but all the rhetoric, we needed to build the wall, okay? Yeah. And we well, needed Biden, to enforce Biden just the said wall. We gotta, 
He's adding 20 miles to the wall. Biden is. Well, because he's running for re-election, Pete, and he sees that this is a vulnerable <laughs> issue for him, right? I mean, and, and that's why that's why democracy is good, right? Because maybe you'll get out of Biden what you what we were trying to get out of Trump. I don't so- think the whole, <laughs> the, the immigration uh, crisis that we are in now, uh, and it is a crisis. I, I clearly, um, you, you can't resolve this without doing two things. Number one, we need to stop. Uh, uh, create a wall, create a, a barrier, uh, have a border that is enforceable. And number two, we need to uh, legalize the people who are here now uh, and and assimilate them into American society. Uh, it, this is a two-part problem. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, both the Democrats are opposed to that because they don't want to build any kind of a barrier or enforce the border. Uh, and the Republicans are opposed to it because they don't want to legalize the people who are here now. So we, we you know, we, we have a, a immense problem that needs a solution. It's obviously a two-part solution, um, but it's political death for anybody, either Democrat or Republican, to favor that two-part solution. You have to stop the you have to uh, stop the border. You have to enforce the border. I'm sorry. You have to. Uh, have the, uh, an enforced uh, immigration policy uh, where people don't just get to walk across the border. Then yes, including potential terrorists. There's no vetting these people who are coming across the border. They just walk across, uh, and then they're wandering around American society. Uh, we have no idea who these people are. Make, uh, make it simple. Look at look a lot at of them are the Middle East. A lot of them are potential terrorists. But on the other hand, um, we have. No way to stop them, vet them, uh, e- even give, barely give them a glance as they walk in. Uh, no, we, we, no, we do have a way to stop them. Now now people are starting to figure out, hey, wait a minute. They're shipping busloads of Mexicans to Lake Forest. <laughs> well, <laughs> they, they haven't done that yet. And, and just no, going no. to Chicago. Well, I think well, the, governor, the governors of Texas and Florida have basically said – Hey, look, if you're going to take all these people in, you need to spread this around the country, not just to our states. So, hey, Chicago, you're a well, you say you're a welcome city. Well, prove it. You know, hey, Sanctuary. New York, you say you say you're the, the city of, bro- of open arms and Philadelphia. But you're saying, hey, prove it. And, yeah. and so I think while some of the ways they're doing it may be a little over the top. Um, and yes, there are people who are opposed to immigration policy out of out of ethnic or racial discrimination, unfortunately. But again, I think there needs to be uh, this is far. You know, I think I talk to a lot of Latinos um, who who live and work uh, in the United States and they're concerned about uh, about this um, as well. So I think this is a this is a very, very this is a big issue. Um Way bigger than Lake Forest. But I, I think, you know, it's again, it's an issue that Congressman Schneider and Jim Karras, who is his likely re- uh, Republican opponent at this point, I think Karras is the only Republican running. Um, there's a difference between the two of them on this issue. How, how much is a Metro ticket from Ogilvy to Lake Forest? Less than 10 bucks. I think I was okay. something like that. Yeah. Okay. And uh, how much is it per day to house one of those immigrants? I've never done. I've never housed one pizza. Let's just say more than five or ten bucks. 
I mean, how much does it cost for you to live every day, right? So, just, well, you might be able, you might live on the cheap, but I'm on, I'm on the cheap. I'm just saying, if that if that Chicago mayor is going to Texas, I could see him loading up on metro tickets, passing them, and say, "All right, Highland Park, Highland Park, Glenview, Lake Forest." <laughs> and let's see, let's see uh, how everybody is going to have. Well, some I, I think I saw in the news last night the uh, there was a controversy in Joliet about the Joliet Township um, uh, government. Um, taking money from the state to accept um, asylum seekers or whatever uh, group there were. So there is a movement to try and put them out in the suburbs. So a fair question for on the federal level for Congressman Schneider, but also on the state level for Senator Morrison and Representative Morgan, where do you stand on this? What's your thoughts? We'd like to hear what you think. Well, about, immigrants homeless, right? That. Yep, they can't get any more homeless than somebody who walked here from Venezuela. So does that mean an immigrant has the same rights as a homeless person? Well, that'd be a lot of rights. They, they, the homeless, uh, uh, homeless bill of rights, obviously, would apply. Well, again, it, when, when Senator Morrison returns from her trade mission to Germany that she posted... What the, the hell is she doing in Germany? What, you know, as a state... Le as a, I could see a federal legislator going there. But no. a state legislature, no, we the, we the taxpayers are not, in fairness to the senator, we the taxpayers are not paying for that trip. Um, it's being paid for, I believe, by the German government. No, um, we've been paying for her trip the last, how many years she's been in office? <laughs> well, we're paying, yeah. She, I'd like to ask her first and foremost about all the tax increases she voted for over the years. But um, she, yeah, the bigger picture here of... I, I think these are fair questions for our federal and state legislators to be asked. Um, when Senator Morrison appeared on the other podcast, she wasn't asked any of that, I believe. So um, Gentlemen, I think these I are think questions we need I, to ask her here. No, so Senator no, Morrison, think, come on. Representative Morgan, no, come on. Congressman no, Schneider, come no, on. No you longer to explain game, no. That's not the game plan anymore, ladies and gentlemen. The game plan is yeah. you call up their office and you ask them. Well, every citizen does have a right to do that. Yes, absolutely. We have, we have thousands of people that watch and listen to this. Call them up. They don't want to yeah. come on. Great. Call them up and ask them. See, Brad, it's a lot easier to just come on the show like you told us you would at the at the parade. Screw that guy. Unless he comes on the show. You can quote Maybe me. Maybe he will. That. Maybe he will. Prove us wrong. Yeah. Prove Pete wrong. Let's play a let's play a game. Prove Pete wrong. Pete is 90% right. Well, prove he's 10%. Get in, get in the 10% hole. <laughs> I think I'm feeling okay, boys. Guys, <laughs> uh, moment of si silence for the uh, football scouts. Uh, they took a drubbing last week. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, tough time. Yeah, so are they, are they out of the playoffs? What's the deal? Are they still got a shot? I think they uh, – now I'm out in Arizona, and the Diamondbacks uh, are leading 2, two nothing uh, over the Dodgers, uh, and tonight is hopefully uh, going to be the Diamondbacks' opportunity to uh, clinch uh, their role into the – NLC. The Braves came back though in that in that game and tied up the series with Philadelphia, pre preventing the a redux of the very popular country song right now by Morgan Wallen called "98 yeah. Braves" about the 1998 Atlanta Braves, who were as 
re, like the best team in baseball that year and then got tripped up in the playoffs by the Padres. Um, uh, and so Morgan Wallen, who I don't even, it was like a little baby in 1998, has a song called 98 Braves, which compares that to his relationship with a, with a girl or a woman in the song and how we fell apart like the 98 Braves fell apart. So the joke online when the Braves were losing um, was Morgan Wallen's going to write another song now. Uh, but let's see. I, I still, if I was a betting man, would bet on the Atlanta Braves to win the World Series. They're, to me, they're the best team in baseball right now. But let's see how it goes. About the break up with uh, Travis Kelsey. What's it? I'm waiting for the, uh, the Taylor Swift's new song. That's, that's marketing. I mean, every then, uh, time there's a Chiefs game, all they do is show pictures of, of Taylor's. Well, they got to make up for they don't have they don't have Aaron Rodgers to showcase every week with the Jets. So this is this is how they make up for it with the ratings. And then uh, Hawks win four two. Uh, yeah, that kid, that kid got a point. A darn. Uh, oh yeah, good, good, good. I'm, he's younger than my son. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like a, he seems like a really nice young man, kind yeah, of bizarre. Very much so. And I just hope I, I, I look I, at this. I would, I would be nice too. I look at this. Hey, I look at this as a, as a father of a kid the same age that. This kid is under pressure of a whole city to turn around a franchise. Ooh, that's a lot of pressure. But he seems to be handling it very well. Um, those kids in Canada like him, they, they come out of a womb playing hockey. So he's been playing hockey since uh, since he was able to uh, uh, wear a diaper, it seems right. like. So uh, I, I wish him well. And look, we don't have a lot to celebrate sports-wise these days here in Chicago. So um, – more power to him, and I know, uh, you know, we got uh, uh, our friend Jeff. His restaurants are very uh, sports-oriented and very hockey-oriented, so I hope it's good for business for him as well as the other businesses here in town. Because, uh, look, let's face it, for a long time, Blackhawks games, nobody wanted to watch them, right? Yeah, let's yeah. go back to the days of Blackhawks games being big events. Yeah, they weren't uh, they weren't on TV, so you couldn't watch them if you wanted to. Well, that was old man words, no. But uh, uh, just remember in, in the uh, the mid '90s, man, the Bulls put a lot of money into this town. Yeah, watching at the bars and clubs and whatnot. So they sure did. Uh, they sure did. Hey, by the way, the Bears in the late '80s. Uh, <laughs> okay, hey, but the Bear, Bears. Hey, how, let's uh, talk about the Bears. They, they, they came hi, back and beat. Uh, they, they finally won. Yeah, they actually finally. Yeah. Bears finally won a game. Hey, one and four against uh, Denver. Boy, Sean Payton really looks like an idiot these days, but. I thought Between they won two games. Going after the Jets, they won two coach. games. Well, they lost to Denver. Denver, Denver beat them, uh, and then Denver lost to the Jets after yeah, yeah. Sean Payton. Uh, then the Bears blew out Washington, the only team that's worse than Chicago. Or Washington, that's right. They didn't beat Denver. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. All right, gentlemen. I'm at longitude. All right, I'm going to a baseball game this afternoon uh, in Arizona. They have a fall league. Uh, where they have a lot of the uh, talented uh, single-A players uh, play in to able from the kind of do a mashup of all the different teams uh, with their best single-A players uh, and play a fall instructional league uh, game. So I'm, I'm going to see that uh, this afternoon. I think you maybe you're go going to Arizona MVP. playoff game. Uh, my friend Chuck Helander, who lives down here now, uh, Helander used to run a tremendously successful retail store in Lake Forest. Uh, for many decades, it was uh, uh, virtually synonymous with Market Square. 
Um, so I'll say hi. Any relation to the Old former Lake, Lake County clerk? Uh, uh, no, no relation to the yeah, but they're both commanders. You're right, but uh, uh, no, no relation that I know of. Should ask Chuck. All right, boys. Have a great weekend. Smell you. Go Scouts. Go Scouts. The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small-batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Gangier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest owned Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters, Otto, John C., Helen, and Herrick.